Welcome to the New Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you are encouraged by this message by Pastor Tom Sturbins. This morning, I changed my shirt right before I came. See that? Mercy. Supposed to have dads come out here that are amazing dads, five or six amazing New Hope dads that are going to do what we did on Mother's Day. I don't know that we'll get there. Please hear me. Uh, I want the song Father's House in a moment, okay? Uh, Go to the key of G. There's this last little line I want you to hear. Standing here in an empty room To worship all alone No other sound, no other voice The echo just my own Then suddenly a whisper He says, I've come to hear your song You're never alone You've got an audience of one. So I sing when no one listens. I sing when no one hears. I sing because I know my song always finds the Father's ear. When it seems I am alone and all is gone, If I have nothing but a song, there'll be an audience of one. These moments are like those I've never known. Just a child with a father all alone. Come here, Bella. Like you did backstage. Come here, baby. He just holds my face and listens to my song. Like he's my audience of one. Face to face, I offer him my song for an audience of one. Don't ever forget this moment as long as you live. When you talk to God, (laughs) this is what happens, baby. Will you remember that every day of your life? Oh, you're going to grow up and you're going to encounter other things and voices that's going to tell you God's not real and what you think you know you don't know. But every day of your life, I know you can't fathom you'll ever be as old as I am, (laughs) but you will be. And every moment between now and then and after, I pray that you know that when you talk to him, 
This is what happens. <laughs> that he just holds your face. <clears throat> and you have a, don't ever forget that, okay? I love you, baby. Somebody come help her down here. <laughs> Father's Day. What a horribly ironic and poetic thing he's doing here today. <laughs> have a case. There's probably no role in life that is more convoluted or fraught with relational complexity than father. Especially for believers, you see, because we share him and identity. And, uh, and we all know, fathers, that we can never get there. This word. I don't know that I understood until this morning that Luke chapter 15, by the way, Pastor Matt has some amazing teaching on Luke chapter 15, beginning at verse 11, the prodigal son. And I don't know that I saw clearly until this morning that it's a picture of nothing other than the Garden of Eden and mankind leaving. All the way through this story, two sons, one leaves, takes everything, and he goes to spend it outside the farm, or for our language, beyond the limit of the Garden of Eden. They left in the opening chapters. I'm really being careful to weave this together. And the problematic son, we call the prodigal son, finally returns. He finds himself in a pig pen. There's no greater picture of the mire of sin in the mind of Jewish, first century Jewish consciousness than to be rolling around in the mud of a pig pen. It was unclean creatures they didn't eat, they didn't touch, they had nothing to do with. <clears throat> and so the, the, the picture of the absolute disgust of sin, and then the son comes to himself, he says. I read you something from the an introduction of a book on worship that I'm writing. And I posited that the life of worship, life in the Garden of Eden was the absolute environment of worship. And they knew every day the ongoing holy more of God. See, God is always more, beyond. He's always beyond what we can think, describe, say, feel. We can never contain him. That's just silly. And so every day they encountered him Worship expands our capacity for him. We will never be able to contain all of him, but every encounter that seems more, it would seem silly to, to we encounter the God who is, okay? And that we could encounter him and we'd say, oh, it's just more. Well, he can't become more. He just is. We get that? But our capacity for him increases, so our perspective is, oh, more of God. No, we just somehow worship expands that capacity for him, and that results in transformation that you know I'm fixated on these days. They leave the garden, and instead of the constant encounter with the voice that 
always told them, I'm worth more than you ever conceive. They left feeling we're not enough. And they leave the environment of holy moreness to be sentenced to a wasteland of less than. The very first hiss of the serpent informed them that whatever they thought they were, they were not worth what they thought they were. Because if you really knew what it was God wanted you to know, you would know that. You see that? Anybody ever heard that whisper? Come on. And so, in this story in Luke 15, you get to verse 19. And he comes to his senses. And he says these words. I am no longer worthy to be called a son. But I will rise and go to my father and say, make me as a hired servant. Just let me back in the garden on the farm. Everybody get where I'm going? I'm doing my best not to get lost in the fog. <laughs> and in this story in Luke 15, says the father sees him coming. The son has rehearsed his lines. Can I build a real quick um, metaphorical bridge here. <clears throat> the same whispering hiss of the serpent that Adam and Eve listened to that caused them to vacate the presence of God in the garden is the same no different hiss or whisper than this son would hear that drove him away from the farm. Everybody got that? It's all a lie. That there's something more for you out there that the Father's letting you know about right here. And we believe the internalized lie, and we go to seek for more in every place we can find more. Addiction, greed, money, materialism, success, sexuality, gender. We look for it everywhere, and nothing works. We only find ourselves rolling in the stench and feces of hell in our own pig pen. And the adversary sits on the edge and says, that's what you're worth. But at any given moment, there comes a shaking. He says, I will go to my father's house. And we show up with rehearsed language. And the father sees us coming. And we show up and saying, I've practiced this. I'm no longer worthy. Can I just pause that? And can I insert some words the Father never said? Where did you get those words from? And the answer is hell. So the father runs to meet him and remember the rehearsed speech. I'm no longer worthy to be a son. Just let me be a slave on your farm. That's good. That, that will work for me. But he doesn't do that. Come here, Omar. I love you, boy. I love your heart after God. I'm so proud of you. Goodness. Uh, 
Say back to me, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. No longer worthy to be called your son. Make me a slave. Make me a slave. Okay, now you're going to practice this. You're going to start, I'm the father, I see you coming, you see me. And you don't have outstretched arms, but we get this close and you begin to say the word. Say them. I'm no longer worthy to be your son. Keep going. I'm no longer worthy to be your son. What did he say after that? I'm no longer worthy to be your son. But just make me a. Just make me a slave. Verse 21 says he interrupted. Doesn't say he did that. Mercy. You know our definition? God's refusal to join me in any identity I've accepted about me other than his. I don't have time to unpack that. There's hours of teaching online. Go find it. But, and forgive me, I will realize we're in COVID days. I sanitized. (laughs) (laughs) Boom. You're not going to speak those words in my presence. Those were words you learned in the pig pen. They were never words you heard on the farm. I will not allow you to say those. You see, fathers of mercy are responsible to stop the rehearsal of the deepest suspicions of our own brokenness. Guys, we have a job. Goodness. We can never do it like he does it, but yet he shared that with us. Fathers of mercy. You received that, son. I just picked on you because your red hat stood out, so I don't know if you need to hear that, but you received that. You have no idea. You're cresting. You're running to the top of a hill. And you're cresting into a moment. You have no idea what's next for you. Don't, don't disregard or diminish anything. Okay. I love you, boy. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Listen. Father's house. Just slow it down a little bit. You know what I mean? I know you did. Sometimes on this journey, I get lost in my mistakes. Stand up, what looks We're to about me to break. like weakness is a canvas for your strength. And my story isn't over, my story's just begun. Feel you want to find me, cause that's what my father does. <laughs> Wait! Wait, do you hear the words you're singing? That's what my father does. My failure won't find me because that's what my father does. What voice of definition are you listening to other than his? There are people in this room, we're going to pray two prayers. There are people in this room that the deepest suspicions of yourself have been formulated and catalyzed and they become so firmly a part of your internalized resident consciousness. I'm not really worthy. I'm not really worthy. Because the hiss of the serpent says you're worthless and you're stuck there. this COVID thing because what I need to have happen is for prayers to be prayed and we'll just have to do it inferentially or something or get tissues 
you need to have the sensation of God this morning. Not here. These were not words you learned in my house, in my presence. You learned them out beyond the boundaries of the farm and the garden, and you're trying to bring them back here. Not here. Not, do you know the story? He comes back and they, they sacrifice, they kill a fatted calf. When they did for celebration, it was a sacrifice. But you see, in our story, the father doesn't kill a calf. His son dies. <laughs> I paid the price, he says, for what you're worth to me. And it's an, an immeasurable currency of death of my own son paid for in blood. Do not come in my house and enshrine the hiss of the serpent as to who you are. I know what I paid for you. I know what you're worth. He has no idea what you're worth. And watch, listen to me. I've made, I've laughed for years about Matthew 4, Luke 4 in the wilderness, the adversary encountering the Son of God. And he says, if you will worship me, if you will define your worth by a relationship with me, all these kingdoms have been handed to me and I can give them to whoever I please just do it. I've always laughed and said, you see, if you go on to Luke 10, you learn that the consciousness of this fully God, fully man Jesus carried the awareness of life before incarnation. What do you mean by that? Before he became flesh in time and space, he carried the consciousness of who he was in that dimensionless existence as an equal member of the Trinity. I know that sounds so weird, but making that point, here's the left out text I've laughed about when the adversary says, if you'll just allow me to inform you of your worth, I can give you everything. And I believe the left out text, Tom, is this. Are you serious? Do you forget we know each other? This is, this, this is Jesus' excluded words that I only have a copy of. Have you forgotten that you are the only being allegedly, if the prophets are right, to ascend the hill of the Lord, come into the presence of the Lord and say, I, 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 I am my own God. You are not enough to provide me worth. You're the only being ever that stood in the very face of unadulterated worth and couldn't see it for what it was. Why would I listen to what is safely the biggest cosmic idiot that's ever existed? Is, are you getting what I'm saying? Am I, am I lost here? You are listening to the only voice that couldn't see worth for what it was worth, and he got to stand this close to it before he was cast out. Don't bow your heads. I'm going to raise my hand. I'm one of us. You're here this morning. And you're ones that's rehearsed the speech from the pig pen to come to the Father's house. I am no longer. And it's so deeply embedded. I love what I'm about to say. Wait for it. I've got, we got the better way. 
See, even God understands COVID. Thus saith the Lord, I'm being tongue-in-cheek. You need to slap yourself. Watch. God says, let me use your own hand for a moment. I'm, I'm really, I'm, my mind's going to lots of places. I'm just not chasing the rabbit. What happened today, Tom? I had a visitation from God. What happened after? He just sort of took over my body. Well, what happened? He made me slap myself. God took over your body. Yeah. I was rehearsing my best line with hands raised up. Father, I'm here. I've come to worship you. But I am so un... Oh! No, God, I've... you don't know what I've done. I'm absolutely un... Oh! I'm no longer... Somebody needs to slap themselves this morning. No. No, I, I, I'm, I mean, you need to slap yourself. Right now, instead... Instead of raising your hand as a point of identity, you need to take your own hand under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and somebody needs to leave one in the air and take the other one and go, wait, where's my phone? I need a picture. Don't go away, honey. My phone is over on this table. I got to get a picture of it. Right there. This is absolutely awesome. Best day ever. All right, do it. Hands uplifted if you're one of me. Wait, go, go wait. I'm, I'm figuring something out. Don't go away. Okay, here's what I got. I got it now. Oh, crud. Wait, wait, wait. One more time. Come on, come on. Siri is saying slow down. Siri can't keep up with God. This is priceless. On the stage, I'm coming around to you. (laughs) Uh, I love this. Thank you. I don't know what to do next. I know. You can go on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and say, we went to church today. What happened? Our pastor has lost his mind. I hope. Uh, Let's sing this song and see what happens. Okay, come on. Watch the world. Thank you for joining us for the New Hope Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit newhopeonline.com.